All right. Welcome to another episode of the Legally Unfiltered Show. You're listening to Franz Borkart, Richard Sprinkle. We're at the Sprinkle Law Firm. For those tuning in on Facebook Live or tuning in on Talk 107.3 in Baton Rouge and surrounding areas, welcome to our latest episode. Richard, today we're going to be talking about the United States Supreme Court, the confirmation process, and everything you wouldn't learn from watching the process on TV or on social media live. Um, It has become a runaway train. Mm. And it has nothing to do with Article 2 of the Constitution. And we're going to talk about that. It's nothing more than campaign stumping. It looks great. It's, it looks you great. You think that looks great? It's kind of it's kind of uh. got some glam to it. It's kind of sexy, but it has what? nothing to do with it, right? Nothing. But before we jump in, before we jump in, um, the Legally Unfiltered podcast radio show um, always welcomes your insights, your ideas about topics. So if you have a show topic, email us at legallyunfiltered at gmail.com. That's legallyunfiltered at gmail.com. If we use your show topic, you get two, not one, but two legally unfiltered coffee mugs for free. And of course, we'll give you a shout out. If you want more information on the Legally Unfiltered show, you can go to www.legallyunfiltered.com. You can also go to our Facebook page. We're on Facebook. Um, I think we're on Twitter, but we're mainly on Facebook. Yeah. And then if you want more information about Richard Sprinkle, you can go to the, the Richard Sprinkle Law Firm, the Sprinkle Law Firm on social media or his website. And RichardSprinkle.com. Right. Or, or the, type in, got hurt, get rich. Oh my God. Hold that thought. Um, we're going to come back to that. <laughs> I'm just a lowly criminal defense attorney, and we're going to come back to that. So anyways, um, for more information about the Borkart Law Firm, uh, my law firm, you can go to social media, Borkart Law Firm Facebook page, or you can go to www.borkartlawfirm.com. Or Mm -hmm. if you just want more information about either of us, you can go back to the Legally Unfiltered page. But anyways, okay, so here's the deal. Let's do the setup. So Richard, we've got a vacancy on the Supreme Court. Correct. Um, Justice Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. God rest her soul. Amazing, um, amazing jurist. Pioneer. Yes. So she dies, which causes there to be an opening. Right. Okay. So what's important to note is, is that the constitutional authority for this process or the, or the roadmap comes from Article 2 of the Constitution, Section 2. And it states that the president shall nominate and by and with the advice and consent of the Senate shall appoint judges of the Supreme Court. There's okay. a lot of shalls in there. So here's the deal. There's nothing in here that talks about if you're close to an election, you're going to wait. Nope, nothing. There's nothing that says if you're close to election, you should wait. Nope, right. Um, There's nothing in here that says that the quote unquote people shall be give advice and consent other than, of course, their election of the Senate. Right. Okay. Right. For those who don't know. The process is President Trump nominates someone. And in this case, he nominated Amy Coney Barrett. Um, and I'll let you talk a little bit about her in a second. But from there, what that does is it goes to the Senate Judiciary Committee. And this is where federal judges generally go to get to get vetted and nominated, right? Oh, yeah. And so it goes to that committee. They vet her. And then ultimately they vote. And then ultimately the Senate as a whole vets her. Um, you, They can entertain. They can entertain. Um, testimony from people who support her, who oppose her based on ideological issues. But the process itself really isn't about how she looks. No. It really isn't, you know, and and, and it's debatable because with, with Kavanaugh, it became about whether or not he sexually assaulted some women in college. Um, and whether he liked beer. 
And whether he liked beer, yes, that's true. Um, I think it's important to note also that most nominees are already federal judges. Not always, right? Not always. There have but, been but some. I mean, that, but we, we've seen Kavanaugh was a federal judge beforehand. Right. Um, uh, uh, Amy Coney Barrett was a federal judge in the 11th. Is. Circuit. Yeah, is. is. Yeah. Is. So, and I bring that up because these, these individuals have been vetted. And by the way, the vetting process is an FBI background check. A thorough FBI background check. It's like that scene from Beavis and Butthead where they're doing a full body cavity search. Okay, it's not quite like that. Thankfully, don't remember that. Yeah, they, you know. Okay, for those who've seen that Beavis and Butthead, yes, that's I mean, right. I, I just seen it, but Franz Borkert just referenced Beavis and Butthead on the Legally Unfiltered. Show. I mean, a lot has happened since Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> yeah, Idiocracy. Um, great movie. Lovely. So, movie. so point being, fast forward. Okay, and and you can if you want to talk a little bit about her, Richard. You you can. She's she's kind of a smart lady. She's kind of a. She's from New Orleans, right? She's, she's done some stuff. Yeah, she's from New Orleans. Went to uh, went to school here in New Orleans. Um, I can't, God, help me. I can't remember where she did her undergrad, but um, uh, she graduated number BA, one in her law school. Phi Beta um, Kappa, Rhodes College. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's done a few things. Professor of law at uh, the University of Notre Dame Law School. Right. Um, she's also an alumni from Notre Dame. Alumni. Oh, that's is that where she did her undergrad? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, she uh, she she did a few things. She was a law clerk, like many people, you know, are. But she was also first in her class in law school. So her law clerk job was for uh, Justice Antonine Scalia. Maybe you've heard the name. So um, I think the irony in this is I don't think anybody questioned her competency. No, they didn't. So it wasn't a question. It wasn't the hearing. Although, although one, and I'm not going to name any, I'm not going to throw stones, but one of them brought up the fact that, well, you've only been on the federal judge for three years. Uh, Do you know how much you see in three years time on the bench? (laughs) You've been doing federal criminal defense work for how long now? About three years. Yeah. You've seen some stuff. I've seen some stuff, man. (laughs) Richard's been in the muck. He's a Marine. He's been in the muck. So yeah. Okay. So, so the point being is, is nobody is saying she's not intellectually fit to do it. No one has brought up any past criminal act. No. No moral past act. No. With the exception that she is Catholic. Yeah. And she may have signed on to some things where other politicians made statements she may have signed on and said i agree with certain things right so what she has opinions big deal so it became a circus right and that's kind of what we wanted to talk about is the confirmation process now is a circus so politicians on both sides of the aisle because it's not just it it's democrats right now because the republicans are in control right so to speak. Yeah. Okay. So when it's flopped, when it's flipped, we hear the same arguments from the Republicans. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. So it's it's less than anybody think that we're politically jazzed and up. In all fairness, we heard a lot of these arguments four years ago. Truthfully, we did. Mm-hmm. We heard a lot of the, the number one argument that's going around is you should wait until after the election because the people should have some say in who the Supreme Court nominee is. But guys, that's not what the law says. Is well, it? arguably, they do get a say because they get to vote on who the president is. Right. And while we don't use popular vote, they also get to vote on who Senate their senators are. They do. So their quote unquote voice, their quote unquote quote voice is their 
the bridge between them and their senators. Right. They get to vo- reach out and have a voice that way. Like any constituent gets a voice to their elected official. So to, to, to indicate that the only way they get to have a voice is through electing a president is BS. That's a nice Richard Sprinkle wall mug for those who are not <laughs> on the radio but can, can't see it. So my point is, my point is, um, that's, that's mis, misdirection fallacy number one is that yeah. the quote-unquote people, you should wait if it's close to an election because the quote-unquote people, the people shall have should have a voice. That's well, not really in the Constitution. My, my contextualism is going to start showing here, but the people don't get a voice. The, the president nominates. Right. Right. The president nominates the Senate, you know, confirms that nomination, and therefore that individual becomes appointed. And yes, the people get a say in who the president is, but we can't sit around here. I'm just going to go out there, and, and some people are going to disagree, but we can't just sit around waiting for the next election to come along before we fill a vacant seat on the bench. That's my opinion. So what we saw with Kavanaugh was it became, um, and so we have a, we have a question from Luke Myers. So Luke is a is a is a Catholic high grab with me if I'm not mistaken. Doesn't Luke, Trump have full powers until inaugural day, inauguration day and not until the election starts? That's correct. So basically, he still the Constitution doesn't hit pause because we have an election coming up, right? Whether that was Barack Obama, whether that was President Trump. Regardless of who the president is, the proximity or, or closeness to an election does not change the constitutional authority that the president no, has. Not at it's all. a good question, right? Yeah. Um, and the politicians out there, and it's not just Democrats, it's, it's, it, it's whichever side it benefits to argue this. Um, Joe Biden is arguing this, right? Well, yeah and, yeah. and the big argument is when the tables were turned last time around, the Republicans were up in arms saying that Barack Obama should not be excuse me, should not be allowed to appoint and the Senate should not have to vote on a uh, Supreme Court uh, vacancy um, when Antonin Scalia passed. And the argument was the same thing then as it is now. I, I'm not picking a political side in this. I'm, I'm simply reading what the law states. There's a vacancy. The president has a nomination. Well, and, what's and we asinine is that it becomes an argument of, well, you guys did it. Yeah, well, and that so we matter. can do it, that, and that, that's and, a stupid argument. And what that means is, I thought it was wrong then. Yeah, but now that I can do it, I think it is right. Well, which my five-year-old understands yeah. that logic, yeah. but most adults don't, or actually, most adults love that logic. Um, yeah. So, where do we? Where are we? Okay, we're we're about ten minutes into our episode. Where are we? So she she basically like Kavanaugh, got grilled. Um, there was a lot of questioning about whether or not she would cast a vote to overturn Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade which of course she, she answered appropriately. I cannot talk about, I cannot prejudge, I cannot give discourse on cases likely to come before me. Which is the right answer, right? right. Because a bad judge does that, yeah. not a good judge. Yeah, because she's not predisposed to making that decision until she sees all of the facts and everything. Guys, if, if, if Roe v. Wade were to come back before the court, it may get overturned because of not reasons of just, somebody's opinion on, on I, abortion. I just don't think this Supreme Court's going to... I don't again, think it's getting I'm, back there. I'm no Harvard graduate. I'm, I, I'm saying this based on my limited... My limited criminal defense experience. Mind you, she's not a Harvard graduate either. But my point is, I mean, I mean I'm not a, I'm not a quote unquote constitutional scholar. But what I will, I mean, I, I know a little bit about the fourth and fifth. You know, and Paul the sixth. Byer. 
Yeah, but my point is, my point is, that's a LSU law professor for those who don't know. Um, my point is, they're not going to overturn Roe v. Wade. You've got Justice Roberts, and you've got a few other conservative justices that seem to indicate that they like consistency. Right. And regardless of what Justice Clarence Thomas and Kavanaugh himself has said with regard to them not being bound to their prior decisions, <laughs> I, I just don't see that happening. You know, it's great. But you know what it is? To say that a Supreme Court justice or a president is going to cause Roe v. Wade to be overturned is great fear-mongering. Sure. Right? Absolutely. Your, your, your daughter oh. will not be able to get an abortion yes. if you elect President Trump. Right? That's, that's right. That's, that's the, right. Uh, the politis- If you don't vote my way, Look, you have no and, decisions and, over how your body is treated. And, and I, want, I want it noted. I'm not naive. I understand that this is the political game and world that we live in. I just, there's a certain lack of intellectual honesty in it, which really pisses me off. Me too. Me too. A lot of this political grandstanding affects people in ways they don't realize they're being affected. It pushes you in ways you don't realize you're being pushed. Fear. Yeah. Fear. Yeah. Fear. Fear. They're, they're driving people through fear. Um, a lot of folks are acting out of immediate reactions to fear rather than sitting down and rationally considering things. Um, I'm not going to tell anybody to vote one way or the other. I just really don't like the fear mongering on either side. So it looks like if I'm tracking right, it looks like basically she's gotten through the judiciary committee, right? Mm -hmm. And she's going to go basically before the full Senate and likely will get, likely will become a, a an associate Supreme Court justice. Sure. Um, which, okay, at the end of the day, I want to reiterate something. This is a very competent jurist. It's not like we're getting, you know, what's the name of the Simpsons lawyer? Um, Lionel Hutz. Right, we're not getting Lionel Hutz. <laughs> I mean, she's competent. You know, are we ever going to get another uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg? No. Who, no, by the way, I, has I, become I, a popular I, arts icon yeah. um i've seen mass with her face on it the i dissent t-shirts and art i've seen art pieces i've seen mass with the other supreme court justices R rbg is unquestionably the eddie van halen of the legal world i mean she thought outside the box she took the law into places we didn't believe it was going to go she did things for for women that that nobody else ever did she's an amazing icon any way you cut it so okay so I'm not going to play the game of who, who will the president. And, you know, my, my, I had someone comment to me that, that the fear with Biden is that Biden will stack the court, that they will add Supreme Court, constitutionally add Supreme Court justices. That's what they want to do. And, again, I, I sense that that's fear-mongering. I kind of think I, it is. I don't, I don't see us adding Supreme Court justices. Um, I, there's plenty of them now. Yeah. I mean, the room's only so big. They're, I don't know how on earth they're gonna they're gonna do that. Um, yeah, no clue, no clue so at all. So I tuned in, and, and the reason again, if you're tuning in now, we're talking about the Supreme Court confirmation process, which for me it felt a lot like Kavanaugh. It felt a lot like so. So one thing is with Kavanaugh, there was a criminal trial within the confirmation process mm. where there's no legal standard, there's no burden of proof, there's no you know it, it was just he was put on trial. And, and look, I leave room for the possibility that Kavanaugh likes beer and maybe sexually assaulted somebody. Um, I find the timing of bringing the allegations to be suspicious. 
That doesn't mean that they didn't happen. You don't say. Yeah, but I mean, waiting until the dude gets, <laughs> waiting until say. the dude becomes becomes a Supreme Court nominee. And he was you, a district court judge. Right. I mean, why didn't anybody well, bring it up when so, he was a district court so, judge? So using a national platform at that point to, to yeah, I... <laughs> I got. I got. Sometimes qu- you got to keep special bullets. In I your am pocket. being That's very. <laughs> I'm being very careful with what I say. I won't. Richard won't. <laughs> so my point is, it became a witch hunt, and I watched. I watched for about five minutes, where in fact they weren't asking the judge questions; they were simply testifying. The committee members, and this is the other side of it: is if you were watching, you would think it's perfectly normal for committee members to just testify mm. and not ask well, questions. They do it, get their opening statements. Right, but it became, let's but, be honest. But, but when the questioning came back, I swear, Franz, am I crazy? It felt like I was hearing the opening statements again. Mm-hmm. Am, mm-hmm. Am, am I just, was I dreaming? What was I the mean, iconic scene where she lifts up her pad? Because, she was she was being asked by by one of the Republicans. Um, she He made the comment like, wow, you know, you've been going through a lot here today. I'm I'm sure you had a lot of preparation. Can we can we see that? You know what what kind of notes and what kind of preparation did you did you do to prepare for all this? And she holds up a blank notepad, which I thought was just freaking awesome because she was quoting case law left and right, and right. for her to not have that stuff laid out in front of well, her, well, that pretty was a, slick. that was an orchestrated. <laughs> Maybe I, it was. I believe but, it was orchestrated, but 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 she still quoted the case law. So all you get about. Long. So that's a good question, and let's let's talk about that. One of the reasons it's it's put off for a month is that the candidate, the nominee, gets to prep too. Right. So so there is the possibility that she really is that smart as uh-huh. a federal judge, and that's possible. Um, or it is there is the possibility that there's a team of people, right, helping her prep for the topics based on previous questions and whatnot. And of so she had a team and, of people. You know, what got her. really yes. awkward for me was when people started commenting on her dress. That's just what? That's like, in bad how taste. is that okay? That's in bad taste. And, and ironically, and ironically, and I don't know how to say this. What struck me as odd was for a Democrat, for a Democrat who's about women's empowerment and uh-huh. how you shouldn't be judged based on how you dress and yada, yada, Wants yada. to make that comment. Yeah, yeah. That's where it was coming from. Yep. And look, there's, there was one comment made. Again, I'm not going to throw stones at which you can throw Democratic senator said it. But the the comment that um, that the president, you know, just mere days after the passage of RBG, the president nominated a new candidate. Guys, I'm going to tell you as sure as Franz and I are talking on these two microphones that every president, every seating president has always had a list of three or four Supreme Court nominees in their back pocket, because let's face it, it's a lifetime appointment and these folks get old and somebody may die. So you've got to know right away who your top three are. The Supreme, the United States Constitution doesn't prescribe how long he has to. Right. It's the advice and consent of the Senate. So I would imagine fear mongering. Well, I would imagine that he did talk to certain Senate judiciary individuals Mm -hmm. about who he was thinking. Generally, there's people that he's tossing around, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, I mean, you get to, it's like the Top Gun Academy. You get to pick from the best of the best. Yeah. I mean, and then ideologically, we may say, well, this person's not good because they are, are conservative or they're liberal. So well, anyway, yeah. that that's going to wrap up our conversation on the Supreme Court nomination and, and confirmation process, which if you were watching has 
appears little to nothing like the Constitution. Oh, nothing at all. So, nothing at all. So that's it for this episode of Legally Unfiltered. You'll be listening to Richard Sprinkle and Franz Borkart, www.legallyunfiltered.com, or send us topics at, w, at legallyunfiltered at gmail.com, legallyunfiltered at gmail.com. Have a great week, guys. And real quick, if you've got a show topic, let us know. Email us at legallyunfiltered at gmail.com, and you might just get not one, but two Legally Unfiltered coffee mugs. We pay for your love here. The views and opinions expressed in Legally Unfiltered do not constitute legal advice. If you would like legal advice on the topics that we've discussed, send us money. That's right. Go ahead and retain us. Do not, kids, try this at home.